0: And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Well, Class 3 milk futures are not reacting well to 2023, $20 milk futures are now a distant memory for most dairy farmers. Jenny Waxhauser with EverAg says there are many factors at play, including increased production across the pond.
1: The European Union really increased in milk production over the last year, but that was coming off of some fairly depressed year of production. So their year-over-year year continues to grow a bit. They are about a 1.6 to 1 percent size of what the US milkshed is. So a one percent growth for them is a bigger growth than what our one percent growth is. They're not growing at an incredible pace, but it's it's a good amount of milk coming online.
0: U.S. dairy herd sizes have not grown, partly due to the rising value of cull cows. For instance, some of the recent prices of top cull cows in central Minnesota have been around $1.19 per pound. Historically, cull cows would be selling from $0.35 to $0.60 per pound most years. This has been motivating farmers to move cows that are not producing.
1: We watch that every week. They have very much been increasing. The high levels, uh, year-over-year numbers are increased. We, of course, lost eighteen thousand, fifteen to 18,000 cows in the tragedy in Texas a couple weeks ago. California has had a very high call rate due to the flooding, relocating cows, as well as Timing-wise, we're hitting about the time that lines up with the hottest part of their summer last year where cows probably were not getting bred, and those are coming up stale. We are seeing in some major milk sheds, California, Texas, we should expect here with this month's milk production report that will reflect April's numbers. We are expecting those areas to probably show some decrease. We continue to see some herd liquidations out west.
0: Oddly enough, there has been some growth within the U.S. dairy industry, but it is very minimal.
1: We'll call it 1% growth. South Dakota continues to be a strong milk shed. We are culling. I don't think it is at a pace where we're going to see a retraction in cows for the upper Midwest and in the mid east that Ohio into the New York Valley, they're seeing a little bit of expansion. We've seen that here over the last six months to a year, that they're anecdotally from clients and things out that way as well. A lot of guys just adding maxing out the parlor, you know, not like they're putting in a lots of big dairies, but everybody's maybe adding that one more freestyle barn. Just that little bit of planned expansion. Pressuring that milk shed right now probably with a little heavy on milk, as we've been
0: being told. That's Jenny Wackerschauser with EverAg. You can learn more online by going to ever.ag. That is ever.ag. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court recently rejected a challenge to Proposition 12, a California law that mandates more space for breeding pigs. The justices upheld a decision to dismiss the lawsuit from the National Pork Producers Council and the American Farm Bureau Federation that sought to invalidate the law. Now, one state will have the power to force industry-wide changes and raise the price of pork products across the country. Iowa Pork Producers Association President Trish Cook said the pork industry is frustrated with the Supreme Court's decision because it isn't based on scientific studies from pork experts and sets the precedent for other states to regulate commerce outside of their borders.
2: Right, and that's what's so frustrating is the the standards that have been set by Proposition 12 are not science-based. There have not been run through the American Association of Swine Veterinarians. They're not recommendations from from any body in the in the pork industry or, like I said, you know, the science-based re- veterinarian recommendations. So it really just sets a bad precedent um, enabling all these other states to regulate commerce outside their boundaries. Consumers who perhaps voted for this, maybe they didn't realize the consequences, but they're going to have more expensive meat. They're going to have more expensive pork. Um, folks who are on low income or food insecure, it's just going to exacerbate the problem of trying to get a lean, um, nutritious protein source. And so it's just, it's really frustrating all around.
0: Many animal rights groups are trying to call this decision a victory against factory farming, but that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, it's small-scale pork producers who will see the most pressure from these changes. Cook said that the most frustrating part of the whole decision is that California could have tried to work with the pork industry to create a more science-based solution instead.
2: You know, something that could have been um, something that everyone could have talked about and, and put that language forth in a way that maybe was more science-based, but the frustrating thing is it's just kind of standards that were not based on any facts. So, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of ripples through our industry. Um, a lot of farms are not going to be able to comply. And yes, not all of the pork raised in the U.S. goes to California, but a large percentage of it does. And there's going to be a lot of producers who can't deal with these stringent um, new regulations. And right now, We're losing money on pigs in the industry every day. Feed costs are high, inflation, um, and we're not able to charge enough for our meat to to make it profitable. So it's just a very frustrating time to get this news in the wake of also just having, um, you know, we're, we're losing money on pigs right now.
0: Cook said pork groups across the nation will be working with the NPPC and the American Farm Bureau Federation to go through the Supreme Court's 50-page opinion and determine what the industry's next steps will be moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think we just need to take, we're working with um, our attorney, and we're just going to take, you know, whatever time, 7 to 10 days, we'll be working with, you know, National Pork Producers Council and American Farm Bureau Federation are the ones who brought the the case to the Supreme Court. So um, all of our organizations will be working together to sort through what's in the opinion, and what the next steps are.
0: And Cook also wanted to remind everyone that pig farmers work hard every day and to make sure that they're producing a safe product for consumers.
2: I mean, I just want to remind listeners that every day pig pig farmers are working really hard to raise a nutritious, delicious item. Um, You know, our number one goal is to produce safe food, and we're producing safe food and does not have to comply with Prop 12 to be a safe, delicious protein source.
0: And again, that is Iowa Pork Producers Association President Trish Cook. Well, Verdant Robotics, based in Hayward, California, was co-founded by a farmer, Curtis Garner, and roboticist Gabe Sibley. The company focuses on developing technology valuable for the farming industry in terms of precision agriculture for return on investment.
1: It allows the growers to save on their largest cost centers a lot, like 50% and more from day one. And that's sort of how it gets started with us. You know, we get on the farm and we help with real problems that the growers have, but that's just the beginning because we very quickly start to unlock, well, how do you increase yields with this technology? How do you grow larger produce? And those things are new value that's unlocked because of the technology. And that's where the fun begins because that's where that digitization step really unlocks new value. So that's it in a nutshell. It's, uh, you know, this smart sharpshooter that's towed behind a trailer on the tractor excuse me delivery inputs at a very very precise level and very very quickly
0: all manufacturing is done in the united states and a robot has a lifespan of four years but that continues to improve as the technology improves it is a service-based company meaning the farmer does not have to purchase the robot currently the robots are being used on apples and specialty crops however testing is currently being done on broad acre row crops And that is all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today. As always, thank you so much for joining us and making us part of your day. American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.